Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Guardian. I feel like I got talked to you because you got the headphones on. <laughs> hey, you can talk to me. So sunny. Yeah. I put on tights under my jeans because I was like, oh, it's going to be like three degrees outside and now you're boiling. So, where are we off to today? Well, Danielle, we're off on an exciting journey down the road from the office to visit a VR arcade called DNA VR. As someone who works in video games, I'm often asked whether or not virtual reality is the future of gaming. But I'm notoriously sceptical, so much so that when I had a launch party for my book, 10 Things Video Games Can Teach Us, one of the attendees took the opportunity to have a go at me for a television appearance in which I made the honest observation that using a VR headset makes me feel sick. Um, What else do we know? We know that they have multiple VR headsets, and then you can, I think you can book it out for functions and things. So it's very much supposed to be like a place people go with groups of friends, um, you know, to have that kind of social experience, which is weird because VR inherently doesn't seem like a very social thing, you know, because it's you put on a headset and you put on headphones and you can't see or hear. Virtual reality has some interesting applications in news and even in healthcare. But as a gaming platform, it has its issues, even if you don't suffer from simulation sickness. It's isolating, shutting the player off from the outside world, and it's expensive. One way VR can be made more accessible to those who can't afford their own headset is through public spaces like VR arcades. So would a tour of one of these arcades convince me? You excited? I'm not even remotely. And are they the future for virtual reality gaming? This is Chips with Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. It doesn't look very welcoming, I've got to say. There's a small sign, and a big wooden door, and a metal grate. It's oh, it's open. <gasps> This is it, okay. Hello. How are you? Matt Mayer is a VR game master who has worked at the DNA VR arcade for the past four months. 
The main role I have here is as customer support tech support. So I will help customers set up when they come in by giving them a run through of the controls, uh, helping them set up the games themselves. And if anything goes wrong during a session, I'll be monitoring it. But if you're expecting the traditional arcade experience, you'd be wrong. So this room is, I see blue cubes, basically, with blue curtains in front of them, and each one has a little bean bag and a headset in it. Yeah. It looks like kind of a weird warehousey type deal. So this room with the, with the blue cubes is the escape room. Yep. And presumably each person in the group goes into a different cube. Exactly. Okay. It seems a bit weird to get people in a, in a, you know, people who are friends in real life into the same physical space and then to kind of divide them up so that you can put them back in the same space in the virtual world. Well, the only way, the only reason we do it is because it, well, there's two reasons. A, the sensors need some physical object blocking. Otherwise, uh, the sensors will like, pick up different headsets and different controllers and it will just glitch out. Mm-hmm. And there's the... Like, they can't see what they're doing <laughs> issues, so they bump into each other or punch someone. Has that happened before? In the group room, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to me as well. Oh, no. <laughs> so the escape room games sound like a fun way to socialise with friends, but I wanted to try a more traditional VR gaming experience. So Matt took us to the group room, where people can pass a headset around and a big screen shows them whatever the player is seeing. It kind of reminded me of a karaoke booth, and Matt said it's popular for group hangouts or even dates. If, if, if I didn't work here, I'd probably come here. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I had my girlfriend come here once, and I put her on the really scary game. After, like, one second, she was like, nah. <laughs> I've had enough of this. So and romantic. I Fruit Ninja. <laughs> okay. Does she like Fruit Ninja? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a good come down. And it was Fruit Ninja I played first. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, actually, because I wouldn't want to put on a headset that other people had been using, really. Yeah. But presumably have, you... Uh, face masks that okay. we swap over literally every session. Ah. Okay, I feel better about that. <laughs> I have a very small head. <laughs> it caused problems with the PlayStation VR when I first tried it. So that's all right now, yeah? Yes. Okay. And this is the HTC Vive? Yeah. Okay. Do you know why you're using them instead of Oculus or...? I think it's better, it's easier to use. The controllers are a lot more like user-friendly. If you're playing a shooting game, it turns into a hand with a gun. If you're playing Fruit Ninja, it turns into hands with swords. Like, it feels very natural, I guess. Mm. It, like, tricks your eyes and your senses very quickly. I get motion sickness from all VR, also cars... Um, you know, buses, so pretty much anything. I'm very susceptible. So, yeah, you said you are pretty sure I won't get sick. Are you saying nobody gets motion sickness in this place? I've, I've never experienced it on any of my bookings. If people do say they've got motion sickness or are uncomfortable with the idea of playing something too fast, I'll just recommend the basic games to get started with. I mean, most of the time I will offer, like, the most straightforward games with the least movement, just to get a feel for it. So, oh, fruit is flying at me, and I'm waving my hands around 
in midair because I have two swords. I don't know which one's supposed to go in which hand, but I presume it's fine. Ooh, I don't think these are right-handed and left-handed swords. And I'm just cutting fruit in half. The arcade had quite a few games on offer, but one that jumped out at me was Job Simulator, which friends have recommended me before. It's a funny, cartoony game set in the future, where you play as a robot pretending to work various human jobs. I started out as a mechanic. Hello, human. This is an accurate simulation of auto mechanic. Take a look at this board for instructions. Can you believe I'm stepping out of the way of a virtual car? This spot just needs a little fluid. No problem. So if you look at that screen, it tells you what to do. Oh yeah, okay. I need to find some fluid to go in the fluid thing. The fluid looks like oil? No? Are you enjoying it? Um, I probably should have picked the chef one because it turns out I don't know anything about cars, but this is quite cool. I like the I like the being able to physically reach out and pick stuff up. Do you want to swap it to the chef one? Is it the So if you press the menu button? Not that one. The What's top one. I, do I see the spiral chef? I feel like you should be playing this, Danielle. Even though humans spend the entire night in a state of low power consumption, they still require food energy as soon as they wake up. Bacon and eggs provide a high energy taste ratio. It's so messy. Now put your creations on the plate and you can ring the bell to send it out to the restaurant. Pick up the egg and on the plate. It's not done. Is? Oh, okay. That one's getting pretty well done. Don't oh. worry, we'll serve it anyway. <laughs> so I'd made a smoothie and burnt some eggs, and I was starting to feel a bit unwell. It was time to put down the headset and go back to my real job. <laughs> So how do you feel? I feel sicker than I did when I took the headset off. Which kind of goes... Given my susceptibility to simulator sickness and my mild germophobia, I don't think virtual reality arcades are for me. But I could see the draw for other people. So I wanted to hear more from one of the people behind DNA VR. Why did he decide to open it in the first place? We've been always uh, big fans of, of escape rooms, and therefore uh, we were always in search of something like an escape room, but maybe more immersive. More on this after this break. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. 
Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, it's Daniel Glazer here. Our latest episode of A Neuroscientist Explains looks at an issue in the world of psychology, the so-called replication crisis. People read that and said that cannot possibly be correct. So either something's broken about the scientific publishing process or everything we've ever known isn't true. Psychology and science in general is self-correcting, but only if we actually do the correcting. And it's great to see that there's more emphasis on doing this correcting and being sure about our hypotheses. To have a listen, head over to theguardian.com forward slash podcasts or search A Neuroscientist Explains on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to Chips With Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Before the break, we took you on a tour of London's DNA VR Arcade. I had fun chopping up fruit as both a ninja and a gourmet chef, but I left wondering if this type of arcade is really the future of virtual reality gaming. Hello? Hello. Hi, is that Alex? Yeah, hi, speaking. Hi, this is Jordan. Alex Surupa is the co-founder and director of DNA VR. Uh, so neither of us has any uh, previous experience with VR, so we were uh, exploring this kind of business as it emerged. So I was curious, what makes someone who doesn't come from a VR background want to create a VR arcade? We've been always uh, big fans of, of escape rooms, and therefore uh, we were always in search of something like an escape room, but maybe more immersive. And then we came across these VR escape rooms, and we thought, hey, that sounds like a really good idea. How about we um, like introduce a place like that ourselves and maybe make it like more social? Because normally VR is associated with very, you know, into the enthusiasts and we wanted to introduce this to a more general public. How long did it take to set up the arcade then? So uh, the setup process was quite quick, I would say no more than like two weeks. Building the arcade itself wasn't too too hard and wasn't too long, but making sure that all the equipment works perfectly fine without any interaction, uh, unnecessary interaction, that was a hard bit. I think we spent about a month on that as well. And how do you decide what kinds of games and experiences to offer in the arcade? So we tried everything ourselves to make sure we are like providing the best games uh, possible and the best experience. So everything was tested multiple times by ourselves and also with our test guests as well. And what kinds of games and experiences are you looking for? Um, so we are uh, mostly interested in uh, multiplayer games and anything that can make the experience as social as possible. We are 
looking for multiplayer shooters or maybe VR escape rooms where you can interact, you can shoot each other, or you can, you know, throw boxes at each other, or you can solve puzzles together. That makes the experience less of a geeky experience, more of a social kind of setup. So one of my big problems with VR is that I get sick when I play it. So how do you kind of compensate for that? Yes, we uh, deliberately didn't include any of the VR roller coasters uh, into our selection because we ourselves experienced uh, motion sickness and we thought that we, uh, as, as most of our customers are actually first timers, we didn't want to ruin their first experience with motion sickness. That's why we are selecting only the games uh, and experiences that are associated with a lower kind of risk of having it. Now, you say on the website, I think, that DNA VR is London's first VR arcade. Why do you think it was the right time to bring this kind of thing to London? Uh, I think that London is, is a great city that has so many different uh, experiences. And yet every Friday you end up in the same pub or cinema. And uh, we thought that, well, this is the point where the technology is already there, but nobody really knows anything about VR, even ourselves. We were not, even though we, we are quite tech uh, focused in our like daily lives, we, we haven't uh, really used VR for, for a long time. So we thought, hey, uh, there are no other companies on the market yet. So it's, it's probably the right time. What kinds of people come to the arcade? What demographic would you say it's most popular with? Yeah, it's very hard to to answer that question, mostly because there is no distinct uh, demographics. I would say that like we always have a lot of um, corporate events, like with bankers or consultants or people from you know all those very traditional backgrounds who uh, come in groups like twenty, twenty five, and they have amazing time because they don't expect much. We do have some gamers every now and then, but I would say that most people, uh, they have actually never used VR before. And for them, it's it's really something very new, like many people come on their first dates, for instance. What do you think is the draw for customers? Like what makes someone decide to go to a VR arcade? Yeah, I think that's definitely something they uh, most of them haven't ever tried before. And also, uh, at this point, having a headset plus a very expensive PC uh, is not affordable for uh, a lot of people. And probably doesn't make sense if you don't do that like every day if you're not a gamer. Now, when it comes to more traditional video game arcades, they kind of... Um, were negatively impacted by the rise of home consoles. So when people started to have video game consoles in their own homes, they didn't go to the arcades as much. Do you think that there's a risk that the same thing will happen with VR? Perhaps as it gets cheaper, do you think people will just go home and buy their own headset and then VR arcades won't need to be around? Well, with with the business model like ours, definitely yes. So we understand perfectly fine that uh, this model won't survive for a very long time because exactly the uh, headsets are becoming cheaper. On the other hand, uh, many people come for like for groups of 10 or 20 and uh, they don't necessarily have a headset at home. And also, uh, this particular project is just the beginning for us because we want uh, to see how the market develops, what the customers are looking for, and develop our own experiences uh, where, like with free roaming, which you can't really implement at home. Hmm. So what do you think the future of VR arcades is then? 
Well, my metaphor for this would be like having uh, a laser tag. Uh, but in VR, so for instance, if you have a heat warehouse where you can walk, you can interact with objects, but everything is happening in VR, so you see things that cannot be easily implemented in real life, that would be probably the future. So for people who don't want to shell out for a virtual reality headset of their own, or have access to one through work like I do, VR arcades are a great way for most consumers to try out this still-developing tech, especially if you want to play in a group. And it might have made me feel a bit queasy, but I'm still going to get a copy of Job Simulator for myself. My thanks this week to Matt Mayer and Alexander Sarupa for giving me a tour of their VR arcade and chatting to me about the future of this gaming medium. You can find a link to DNA VR in the description for this episode on the Guardian website. And to thank you for listening, we're going to start adding an interesting tech fact from the week that we thought you'd like to hear about. This week, we look to fashion giant Chanel. MIT Technology Review reported that Chanel's six 3D printers can produce 50,000 mascara brushes per day. If you have any interesting tech facts for us, questions or feedback on the show, or ideas for cool digital stories that we should cover in future episodes, email us at podcasts at theguardian.com. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. See you next time. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.